On today's episode, we talk about the 76ers falling to the 20-win Detroit Pistons team. How did they let this happen? How did we get here? What went wrong in the Detroit loss? We break it down next on Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, say it ain't so. The Sixers fall to the Pistons last night, 102-94. No longer the 20-win Pistons. They are the 21-win Pistons after defeating the 76ers. A lot to discuss. Welcome. You are locked on 76ers. I'm Devon Givens of 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia, alongside my co-hosts and partners always in Detroit, Keith Pompey, writer, Sixers beat writer for TheInquirer.com. Keith, what's going on, man? Didn't you see that one coming? Nah, yeah, I didn't. Like, as bad as they looked, I kept thinking it was like the Lakers game yeah. where they were just going to do enough to win. Then the fourth quarter came out, and you're like, okay, you can't stop Kate. Okay. Can't stop the yeah. Sadiq. Yeah. yeah, it was like, whoa. It was, it was, yeah, because Sadiq Bay was the guy who really killed them in the fourth quarter. Yes, he was. Yes, huh? he was. We'll get into it all. First of all, thanks for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube at Locked On 76ers. Keith Pompey, Devon Givens with you. An eight-point loss where the 76ers were up by six points after the third quarter. And Keith, like you, I thought that this team with seven games remaining – this one, two games against the Pistons, two against the Indiana Pacers, essentially locks, right? Especially this one coming up after the two consecutive losses to the Phoenix Suns on the road Tuesday against the Milwaukee Bucks in Philadelphia at the center. They were going to do what they needed to do. We talked about it when we previewed it in yesterday's episode of how you have to stomp this team early, get them out of the way. They're playing more confidently while they're losing the games. They're in them. They're competitive. They're playing hard for Dwayne Casey. They have a young budding star player in Cade Cunningham. They have a nice mixture of a few other players as well. And they just play hard. And tonight, the Sixers let them hang around too long. I thought, like you, Keith, after the second quarter, after halftime, I thought going into the third quarter, up four, all right, this is what they do. They go in the locker room. Doc Rivers gives his speech, his talk, the coaches. They figure everything out. They come out double-digit lead. By the end of the third quarter, let the starters play into the fourth quarter until about the eight, seven minute mark done for the rest of the night. That's not what happened, Keith. Why? Because, man, it's like, <laughs> I hate to say it, it's just not that good. I, or, or I shouldn't say it that way. <laughs> they just have too many flaws right now. Okay. A lot of people are saying it's because. You know, they have to try to mesh people in this and that. I, I think it's a little deeper than that because, you know, I, I feel like, you know, when you look at this team, it's the, it's the way it was beforehand. Yes, you have James Harden, but you have to get a lot of points from Joel Embiid to stay in the game. Unfortunately, Joel Embiid now is starting to commit the same amount of turnovers that he committed before. So that dooms him, 
right? But you look at it, it just seems as if that this team, you know, you may say they overlooked it, overlooked the Pistons, and, and I do think that they did. But at the same time, you look at the thing, whenever they go up against young athletic guys, they can't stay in front of. That's what's happening. I mean, Kay Cunningham was killing them for three quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, you know, Mr. Villanova, Sadiq Bey, um, you know, start start getting it, getting his getting in the group. So when I look at the 76ers, they have a lot of flaws. The flaws are in the fourth quarter. The flaws are untimely turnovers, a whole bunch of mistakes. And right now the problem is that, you know, everything was set up for them. This was supposed to be the easiest game on the schedule. And I know they played them in the in the season finale, right? But I don't expect any prominent players or I, I didn't agree. expect to play in that game. This was supposed to be the layup. This was supposed to be the game that after coming off of two losses to where you say back. And it just seemed like it's the same old thing over and over again that we've seen in seasons past where they just don't answer the bell when you need them to stick their foot in somebody's you-know-what. And I wouldn't even say that the answer would have been we are back. I mean, it's the Pistons, so you're supposed to beat that team. Do your job. But, Keith, I'll, I'll, I'll expound on that a little bit more, too. Some of the issues that I thought were there, and see if you agree. First of all, when you look at the field goal uh, attempts and the field goal makes, they were 31, the Sixers were, of 69. So 31 of 69. When I saw that number right away, I'm like, that's way too low. Uh, for the attempts. Then you look at 7 of 26 from deep and then 25 for 28 from the foul line. That's normal for the Sixers because of how much Embiid and Harden gets to the foul line. But again, going back to the 31-69, then I went to the Pistons and they were 41 for 82. So not only did they make 10 more field goals, they had 13 more opportunities to make those field goals. And even Mm -hmm. though they were minus 15 in the free throws, they were plus 3 with the three-pointers, and as we mentioned, plus 10 with the field goal a field goal makes on the, on the evening. So you knock that 15 off that you are already uh, a minus 15 in, and you are a 23-point difference right there, which equals the eight. They made up for it by not getting the free throw. You cannot let a, a bad team like the Detroit Pistons, I don't care how good they've been playing as of late, how tough they've been playing, to go 50% from the floor – and then when you turn the ball over 15 times, that gives them those opportunities to get those buckets. And they did with 16 points off of their miscues, the Sixers. Now, also, the points in the paint, 54 to 44. And that goes directly to your point, Keith, of not being able to stay in front of anybody. Kay Cunningham, Kelly Olenek, who we're normally looking at and saying he hurt the team because of his three-point uh, accuracy on that particular night. He didn't attempt the three. These were things that were getting done in the, at, at the basket. Sadiq Bey, Marvin Bagley, Corey Joseph, only eight points, but you know where they came from. Two became from behind the three-point line, so I'd give him that. But, again, the, what he does to, to get in there. And then uh, Killian Hayes also getting to the basket. He was 0 for 2, so all five of his made field goals for his 10 points came inside the three-point line getting to the basket. Frank Jackson, Braxton Key, the kid, what was he, blue coats, right? Braxton Key with the blue coats. Isaiah Livers, you can't do this. Isaiah Livers played 21 minutes, nine points. He was three for four. Those things right there, 
a number of things that stood out right there against this this basketball team that hurt them tonight, taking them lightly, and all of those things happening as a result. Yeah, and and, and here's something else we gotta talk about too, and the bench points, right? So oh, when man. you look at it, they were outscored thirty nine to eight bench points, right? But Take when, away three of yeah. George Niang late. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, but you know. <laughs> 39 to 5. Yeah, 39 to 5, right? 38 to 39 to 5, right? But, you know, it's one of those things where it was 21 to nothing at the half. I mean, 21 to nothing at the half. They didn't score their first bench point of bench points until Shake Milton hit a three like late in the third quarter. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that was awful. But the one thing that I, I think that we need to clear up is that. You know, Doc Rivers was asked a question about the bench points, and he was like, oh, I didn't really, you know, like I didn't I'm, – I'm paraphrasing. He kind of didn't see it that way or or whatever, right? And then he started talking about James Harden. Well, I think that it was aggregated um, saying that Doc was talking about James. He was being a reason he lost. No, what Doc was basically saying is, like, he's not really concerned about the bench points. Because when they're in there with certain players, and particularly this player, James Harden was the guy who they wanted to run stuff through. They want him to be more aggressive. They want right. him to do the scoring. So when you look at it, a guy like George Niang, right, they played five bench players. George Niang was one for three. Shake Milton was one for three. Dan was 0 oh for three. Um, the um, – DeAndre uh, Jordan was one for two and Furkan Korkmaz was 0 for one shooting. So when you look at it, Doc was trying to say like, look, yes, they didn't score a lot of points, but they didn't get a lot of attempts because it was all about James. We wanted James to be the guy to, to, to run the offense through and we wanted them to be role players. Now, I, so I want to clarify that what Doc said. Now, but my problem with the bench was, because I'm not a totally a lot letting them off the hook, my problem was there were some opportunities where I looked at and I saw those guys to be open, and they could have been a little bit more aggressive. You know what I mean? Like, you have to take advantage. Like, Danny, I love him. But there were a couple of sh those shots that he missed, he was wide open. You know what I mean? It was like, Chatted air ball one of the three yeah, pointers, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, and then, you know, certain other things they were doing. Because you got to realize, you know, uh, Shake ended up having three assists. But for a while in that first half, I mean, they weren't getting any. Like, I mean, I think they might have had – one guy might have had a steal. Another guy might have had, like, an, uh, an assist. But for the most part, they weren't, like, doing anything in the first half. So – I just wanted to clarify what Doc said, but they need more production from the bench. They need to get that killer instinct. They need to stop committing turnovers and a lot of miscues in the clutch. And that's why the 76ers lost. I'm going to tell you this, Dick, like, and we'll talk about this a little bit more, but it just seems like before when they lost those other two games, it was like, whoa, they were playing great teams. Nah, bruh. They got problems right now.
no, you can't can't lose to the Detroit Pistons and uh, uh, blown leads again. They were up by eight points. It wasn't one that really uh, ballooned to the double digit lead like we saw in the Phoenix and Milwaukee games, and they blow, were able to blow those leads and eventually take that L. We got to talk about it, Keith. That's next up. We need to talk about the blown leads and why that could become a problem uh, during the postseason specifically because they have six games remaining, three at home, three on the road. Next up, Cleveland, uh, pardon me, Charlotte on Saturday at the center, 12.30 start, early start time, back-to-back on Sunday in Cleveland. And these blown leads are becoming an issue. And tonight, to your point, while um, it's not Phoenix, it's not Milwaukee, it's the Detroit Pistons. And you, you needed to be up 18 on that team with all due respect to how hard they play the talent that they have that led by that coach they needed to do that so when we get back Keith we need to talk about why the blown leads could become even more of a problem later on with no games maybe to save you and your season ultimately coming to a close right here next on Locked On 76ers yeah D I mean talking about blown leads and I, I tell you what People, the Villanova fans, are hoping that they don't blow a lead when they play That's Kansas, right. right? That's right. And, and guess what? There's a lot of people hoping and wishing that they're going to make some money off of that game. You know why? Why? Because you you lost it on the Sixers and the Pistons last night. <laughs> yep, you lost on <laughs> After months of playing, college basketball has determined the top teams for the Final Four and will determine this year's national champion this coming week. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Bet online where the game starts. Do it today, people. I'm telling you, do it today. You won't regret it. Uh, do it today. Get ready for that big game, big games this weekend. And hopefully the local team does their part. Thank you for making Locked On 76ers, folks, your first listen for your next listen. Check out the Locked On Now podcast. A lot going on around the association. You get nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. All around is free and available wherever you get your podcast. All right, Keith, Sixers were up by eight points. They were up by six after three. Eight was their biggest lead. They never quite got to the double-digit lead over this team, What partly because of their defense not being strong enough. We talked about not being able to stay in front of the players. That's a big issue right now on the perimeter because Joel Embiid is a tremendous defender, but you can't leave it all on the big fella behind you to clean up your mess. And that being said, uh, they're blowing these leads. And tonight they did so against a bad basketball team and they're not executing the right way. Keith, they had three consecutive turnovers in the fourth quarter down the guts of the game. And partly why they blown these leads, this lead here last night. So I, I got to ask you, man, I, I know it's, I know it's a game against Detroit, but you also saw it against Phoenix and Milwaukee. And it has been an issue all season long. Should we worry about this going forward as we get ready for the playoffs? It's Santa Claus fact. <laughs> yes, he is. Is is Saturday and Sunday the weekend? Yes, it is. 
And we'll be working on both days. Yes. Huh? We'll be working on both days. Correct. Is it, is it hot in August? It is. It can be hot in August. Yes. Is then you got a problem. We got I a mean, problem. Dude, look, the, the thing is, like I the seven. Correct this, man. Why is this? Huh? Now I'm like Danny Green. He's palms up all the time. When he's... Yeah. Like, how do you correct it, right? Yeah. Um, the, the, the problem is, man, like, you know, Joel was saying after the game, that is one of those things where they got to get more comfortable playing together. And like, well, after you make a trade, things like that, it takes time to gel. But the problem is they've been doing this all year. You know yes. what I mean? Like, it's like, you know, different people, same results, you know? Um, and and it, like you said, you raise a great point. Initially we thought it's like, Oh, well, they played well. They're just not right there yet. But when it happens against the Pistons, I mean, it, it's just bad. You know, it's bad. Inexcusable. It is inexcusable. And and the one thing is that's really inexcusable is the three straight turnovers. One turnover was oh. by Martin. Next one was by Embiid, I believe. And the third one was by Maxi. They were all like bad plays. Like they weren't aware. And when you look at it, let's keep it real. Just about this is the every game that they lost – let me see. This is their last, their last seven games that they lost. They blew leads in all of them. And the thing is, today they were up by eight. But I believe they had a – let me double check. I believe they at one point – okay, today their biggest lead was eight. Yeah. But all the, other, all the other games before that, they lost double-digit leads. They had yes. double-digit leads in them other ones. So this is a problem, man. I mean, and I don't know if they get too complacent. There was a time at one point when they took the student where they would take Embiid out the game, regardless of who else was on the floor, they would take Embiid out the game. And then that lead would shrink away, would gradually go away, you know, but today it just seems like, you know, um, everything just went wrong. They seemed like they didn't have it, but yes, this is, their sixth game, seventh game in a row where they blew a lead and, and ended up losing. This or seventh loss in a row. No, I, I got you. And it, it, these are tough, man. It's just infuriating to watch all this stuff continue to play out because look, it, basketball is part of basketball. Turnovers happen, you blow leads, things of that nature. But when you do it against those other two, they're frustrating. But you can also understand because of those teams and how they do things, that's who they are. That's their DNA of those two teams, Phoenix and Milwaukee. And the Sixers have to get there. We agree that they're not there quite yet. See what happens in the playoffs. But right now, they're they're not there. Against this team, sure, you lose two bad teams throughout an 82-game season. This one was unacceptable. Then you get Boston losing last night. Milwaukee in a tough game tonight playing the Brooklyn Nets. So you know something could happen. You can move a half a game up more on Boston, who plays tomorrow, and then you could at least keep pace with the Milwaukee Bucks. If they win, or even if they lose, you might gain a little bit in the standings. And you don't do any either. You're, you don't accomplish either. You, you lose to this Detroit team. And uh, the, the, the lead, the biggest lead being eight, against that squad where it just seemed like, all right, got eight, Detroit can't score, the Sixers can't score, got to find a way to get this bucket to start to extend this lead. 
to make them a little tight instead of you getting tight down the stretch. Doc Rivers talked about it. He said, and I wrote it down, as the game got closer, Detroit got loose and the Sixers got tighter. So them not knowing how to close these leads, and we've seen this for years, Keith, going back to the Brett Brown days. You can't have that. And especially when you're trying to, as Joel Embiid alluded to, fix things because of the trade that happened midseason and then still try to figure out how they play when you have these other players on the floor, most notably James Harden. This yeah. can't happen. They can't be loose with the basketball. They played enough, especially against a team like this. With all due respect to Detroit, I mean, come on. <laughs> you can't. You, you can't do this, and, and then they did it, and they turned the ball over 15 times, those three key ones down the stretch, and Detroit was scoring off of those mistakes by the Sixers, and that's what made it even worse. That's what made it even worse. That was the problem, man. And very disappointing to see how they played it out. 22 assists on 31 makes uh, tonight. The fact that they only had 31 makes from the floor tonight and 13 and minus 13 in field goal attempts. You can't win. I don't care who they're playing in, in, the, in the NBA, you can't win like that. And, and we saw that as a result, they walk away with a loss. In the fourth quarter, Keith, to your point about the blown lead, they finally took their lead again, Detroit, in the fourth quarter, 90-87, to 87, when uh, Isaiah Livers knocked down the three. Later on, Sadiq Bey made a bucket, three-pointer, 93-87. They were on a 14-2 run were the Detroit Pistons. And those two points, if I'm not mistaken, were free throws by the Sixers. And they ended up on a 25-6 run to close the game out, Keith. Can't do it. Can't win like that, no matter how good or how bad the opponent is in the NBA. Part of that, Keith, is uh, the point guard. A lot of people questioning. Last night I took a lot of calls after the game. Sixers, I thought when they made the trade, they were getting a point guard. Well, they still need a point guard. That's some of the sentiment I was getting last night. In our final segment here, Keith, we need to talk about James Harden these last few games because outside of that game against Milwaukee where he had a game-high 32 and a Sixers-high 32 for him in the uniform, down the stretch he struggled. We need to talk about him over these last few games and figuring out how he fits with this team right here again going forward as we six games remaining postseason in the uh, very near future. Light, locked on 76ers. Well, after a tough game like that and staying up late, Keith, again, getting up early in the morning, you want that snack. And uh, for me, it has always been a pastry or, you know, I'm an adult. I can eat what I want. My mom can't tell me I can't have a candy bar. You said I'm an adult. <laughs> in the morning. Okay. okay. <laughs> so now I'm messing with you. Now I got to go and uh, get my built bar from the cabinet in the kitchen because, uh, they, they have been a, a, a nice little thing added to my my routine now every day. And for the people who are not familiar with Built Bar, uh, it's a great bar that uh, you replace with the candy bar because it helps you out overall with healthy eating and how you're eating. And also, you got to try the puffs. If you haven't tried the puffs, uh, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Uh, they are the first ever protein-infused marshmallows. They're fully fluffy. They're fully covered with chocolate, 100% chocolate, real chocolate. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. Puffs are a fan favorite for those who have already tried them out. They're very good. Incredible flavors from yummy 
cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. It's so good. Try them out. Check them out. They're all, again, covered in 100% real chocolate, including the puffs. Yes, 100% real chocolate, low in calorie, high in protein. Replace those candy bars with the Built Bar, which contains 130 calories, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Check it out. Compare that to any candy bar, which is usually around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar. You can do much better, and you can do that with Built Bar. Try the other flavors, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and this one, the top one for the month, the new flavor of the month, white chocolate cookies and cream. So get it. Check it out. Built Bar, they taste great. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order using promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Go check it out. You're an adult. You can eat it when you want. Keep. <laughs> we need to share these with some of the players to built.com because uh, the, the, the bars, built bars, gives you more energy. Gives you more energy. And for some reason, they ran out of energy. It did not have the energy. Doc Rivers talked about that in the previous game, not having enough energy. And uh, James Harden finished 4-15 after having, again, a superb game against the Bucks, Two for nine from beyond the three-point line. Eight for nine at the foul line. Did give you nine boards, seven assists, three turnovers, two steals, one block shot for 18 points in 38 minutes and four seconds, which was a team high. Game high, actually. I know you're concerned. Who me? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm. I'm. Well, last few games. A little bit. I mean, yeah, yeah. I am. I mean, you know. Here's the deal. Like you said, he only. Well, I, I will say this: there, the first three games that he played in. He was, I mean, he was hitting threes. He was doing everything, huh? Yeah, he was, he was doing, doing it all. all. He was doing it all. And then all of a sudden, it got to a point where he got into a little bit of a little shooting funk. And then he had the one game, like you said, he had a game against, you know, um, Milwaukee, against a quality team. And he looked good. He started struggling in the fourth quarter, though, now. Uh, he was one for six in that fourth quarter, I believe. Or, or no, he was one for four. Well, tonight, you know, he he struggled. Um, you know, he shot four for what fifteen. Um, like you said, he was two for nine on threes. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I think a lot of it has to do with how they utilize him. There was a time when he was being a point guard. He was getting everybody involved. They they ran the ball. He had the ball thrown. Him and Joel were dominant in pick and rolls. He got out and run. He was always steering Matisse to go towards the basket. He was getting lobs that way. Matisse was. Maxie was, you know, getting open shots. Now, Tobias was struggling. But since then, it got to a point where we kept hearing him say, we want Harden to be more aggressive. He has to be more aggressive. And what they meant by is take more shots. The last couple games, dude, it's been a lot of dudes standing around. You see James Harden come, walk the ball up. He gets at the three-point line on a little a curve where it curves a little bit, and he does that boom, 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 and he steps back, and he misses a three. 
That's what happened. I mean, that's what it's been raising. So there's like no momentum. He's not like, and then he'll try to drive the lane and get the foul and then hope and pray that he gets the foul so he can, you know, get it from the foul. I mean, score from the foul line. So to me, it's like, I think the Sixers were a whole lot better when he was shooting less and getting more people involved. Mm-hmm. And right now, it looks like maybe it's the hamstring, maybe it's father time, but he look he doesn't look like the guy I saw two years ago. He doesn't look like the guy I saw even last year before he got injured with Brooklyn. So to me, it just seems that it's like, yes, there is a concern, but it's also we really won't know how what the impact of his hamstring is. And if if it is the hamstring that's impacting them until next season. I but agree I'm, there. Yeah. I'm here to tell you, it, it doesn't look good at times. I mean, and he's a great player. Look, man, he must have been frustrated because he blew off media availability after the game. So he kind of had to know that, that it, it, it's not going well. And then the game that he played in Orlando when he shot five for 19, I believe it was, he blew off media availability there. So evidently, if he's not wanting to talk to the media, he must be frustrated himself with his performance. Yeah, well, uh, going to need a better one down the stretch if Embiid is again talking about the chemistry, the camaraderie overall, uh, getting used to one another. You have six games that <coughs> you keep saying, tighten the screws, man. Got to tighten the screws before we get to the postseason. Uh, we're just uh, six games left, and uh, they, they're all winnable. Like from, from Charlotte to Cleveland to Toronto, they're all winnable. Uh, one game at home against Charlotte on Saturday, and then the second game on the back-to-back Sunday in Cleveland. After that, it's the Toronto Raptors and the Indiana Pacers uh, on the road, and then the, or the Indiana Pacers, then the Toronto Raptors, then Indiana and Detroit next weekend to close things out at the center for the uh, regular season finale, as, as you mentioned earlier. So, Keith, I don't know that we'll see him in all six games, but they have to do something. So let me give you, before we uh, go, uh, the updated standings because last night the Brooklyn Nets lost to the Milwaukee Bucks in overtime, and they had a five-point lead with a minute to play. It looked like I was able to keep my eye on them a little bit while doing the show. Looked like the Nets were going to win that game, and that's what the Sixers needed. But uh, the Bucks prevailed. Giannis was fantastic, forty plus uh, again. So, by the way, might, this might that might have been the last time we talked about the MVP, which was yesterday, because of yeah, he's not getting it now. But anyway, uh, the Sixers are fourth after tonight's loss, last night's loss. They are half a game back of the Celtics, who played tonight. Uh, the Bucks are in second place, half a game behind the Miami Heat. And the Chicago Bulls beat the Clippers in overtime last night. They are a game and a half back of the Sixers. Now, I'm not worried that the Sixers are going to fall out of the top four. But just, you know, I'm pertinent enough to this conversation to let you know that the Bulls did um, win their game. And now with the Sixers' third loss in a row, they are a half, game and a half up on the Chicago Bulls. So, they need to handle their business to stay in the top four, eventually move up potentially. Um, the Raptors are half a game back of the Bulls. So the chances are the Sixers remain in that 3-4 area, and it'll probably be the Bulls or the Raptors in the first round if things remain the same because 
the Raptors are now two and a half games up on the Cavaliers. So it's going to be tough for them to catch catch up to the Raptors, in my opinion, with just these little amount of games left on the season. Six to go for the Raptors as well. So that's just the updated standings for you and everybody else, Keith. I know you were busy writing the story, so I wanted to share that with you uh, last night. Uh, that's what took place. And for the people also, just to let you know, we'll be back on Monday because the Sixers play two games Saturday and Sunday, as mentioned, Charlotte at home, Cleveland on Sunday. So Charlotte, Saturday at home, Cleveland on Sunday, on the road. And when we come back, we'll have Keith. I'll be talking to, uh, speaking a different tune on Monday after the two games this weekend between Charlotte and Cleveland. Are we talking about two wins, maybe? I don't know, man. Not about them, nah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like, I mean, the Sixers beat uh, Charlotte 17 17 consecutive times um i know cleveland is is you know got two people got a lot of injuries Evan so Bogle, they, yeah. They can, yeah they could beat them but i also think that um it want it's going to be a chance that joel Embiid and james harden's going to miss one of those games and That's they'll probably about. miss that cleveland game right so mm-hmm. me personally i think they're going to have their hands full against charlotte charlotte's mm-hmm. hungry they're going to come in there and they like they hear all the stories about you can't beat the Sixers. I think that's going to be tough. And especially if, if they don't have their horses and if, if they don't take have their horses in Cleveland, then I definitely think the Sixers are going to lose that one too. So we can't, we can't ignore the early start time either. Nah. So we'll, 12.30 Saturday. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, for sure. All well, right. listen, man, always great to be with you. And um, we'll get together on Monday. Uh, this was definitely a tough one to talk about, but <laughs> it, it is basketball, and we'll see how it all plays out. Keith, I want to thank everybody for making Locked On 76ers uh, your first listen, checking us out every day. We appreciate it, and make sure, again, on Monday, you join us once again, early Monday, because we will be recapping Charlotte and Cleveland from the weekend. Now, make your second listen, Locked On NBA. We're Locked On Experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Keith, have a great one, man. I'll see you on Saturday. I'll see you tomorrow uh, at the game, man, because uh, it should be an early one, and it should be one. Uh, let's hope that they can take care of business. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll definitely find out. No All right, bro. Peace. All right, man. Take it easy, Keith.